Informing, entertaining. The Dan Parsons Show on 1499.3 KLIN. Hey, welcome to Thursday. Does it seem like, excuse me, it's Wednesday. <laughs> Jumping ahead. Hey, welcome aboard on Hump Day. It's not Thursday yet, kids. Uh, we still got another uh, few hours for Thursday. So I just, uh, you know, this re-entry after the holidays is, uh, you know, it's rough on all of us. So anyway, we're glad you tuned us in on a Wednesday. Uh, it is Wednesday, November 29th, 5-11 in the afternoon. And, uh... Yeah, we're delighted that you chose to take us along, whatever you're doing, on this lovely late November day. Boy, we're lucking out with the weather again. What is it? It's uh, 47 degrees. We'll take it uh, anytime we can. But, uh, yeah, educate, inform, entertain five days a week. Let's do it again today. If you're ready, I certainly am. Uh, say hello to our guest producer, Mr. Steve Hardesty, filling in for Johnny Cadillac. Sure wish it was Thursday, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm thinking about my guests for tomorrow, and I've got that lined up, and so here I am uh, thinking it's uh, already Thursday. But, uh, Steve, thanks so much for filling in for Johnny. Appreciate it very much. Oh, absolutely. Always great to be in with you. Absolutely, Steve. Well, uh, let's get right to it. we got a jam-packed show today. Uh, we're kicking off a series uh, with our friends from Nebraska Examiner and joining us on the, fo- on the phone lines, a senior reporter for Nebraska Examiner, Mr. Paul Hamill. Paul, welcome aboard. Hey, yeah, glad to be here, Dan. Absolutely. On a, on a beautiful Wednesday. Come on, <laughs> it's a beautiful sunset, I can see, and... Uh, you know, uh, I'm I'm adjusting to the post uh, Thanksgiving schedule. Come did, on. What did what uh, did you travel for the holiday? Did you stick around town? What'd you do? Uh, we still have a farm near Bancroft, Nebraska, which where we gather for Thanksgiving. Nice. It's kind of like uh, you know, Grandma isn't there, but Grandma's house is still there. Yeah, so it's kind of a nice thing. Yeah, absolutely. My sister. Uh, Showed up from uh, Wisconsin, and and I know you're interested in beer. Yeah, she brought a beer that is dedicated to the uh, extinction of the moderate Republican that's <laughs> brewed in Wisconsin. So <laughs> it's, it's called a moderate red ale. So that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember the brewer, Paul? Uh, yeah, I've got that here. <laughs> he just happened just to have a bottle see. sitting around. <laughs> Well, this this uh, brewer is kind of famous for some of his themed beers, but uh, our listeners, as you're looking for that, Paul, our listeners may uh, recall Paul's been on the show a few times. Uh, most recently, he was uh, uh, with me on the Friday Afternoon Club, filled in for Chef Kevin Shin a couple weeks ago, and so uh, yeah, Paul and I have uh, uh, have enjoyed some adult beverages through the years. <laughs> Well, this is called the Extinct Elephant, <laughs> a moderate perfect. red ale brewed by Minocqua Brewing Company of, I think that's in Wanakee, Wisconsin. Okay, okay. That's, so, that's uh, perfect. Not endorsed by any political candidate or party, so it's obviously a, you know, an attempt to, for a unique brand of beer, but also a statement about politics and yeah. whether 
there are moderate Republicans left. There's not many. There's uh, anyway. Well, that's we'll, we'll bring you back uh, sometime on the Friday Afternoon Club, and you can bring that beer, and we'll talk about uh, all that. But Paul, I uh, I'm just thrilled uh, that you agreed to do this, and I I want to make this a regular feature because I, I you know, you and I have known each other for uh, a few a few moons, and uh, I I always have appreciated your approach to journalism, and especially now uh, with Nebraska Examiner and the way the state of journalism in America and even here in Nebraska and how important it is to have an organization like Nebraska Examiner uh, doing uh, the work of journalism here in the state. And so uh, maybe for our listeners, just give us a little overview of who Nebraska Examiner is. Well, we're a nonprofit news site. Uh, we're part of a, we're affiliated with statesnewsroom.com, which is a, a national group that uh, decided that uh, fewer reporters covering state legislatures was a bad idea, so mm-hmm. they've stepped in and established uh, more than 30 newsrooms in state capitals across the country to give uh, kind of fill the void. I mean, I think the Journal Star and and 1011 and Public Media and uh, those folks uh, still do a lot of good work, but there's just fewer of them. Uh, yeah. To 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 do the work, so uh, well, hopefully the, we're fill, the, filling the vo- a void that's been created here. Yeah. yeah, sorry to interrupt, but but they're also, and I'll just uh, <laughs> remind our listeners that uh, they're also, um, you know, relying on. Uh, should I say younger and younger and less experienced uh, journalists and uh, folks like you and others in your industry that have put in the time and uh, the veteran news reporters, uh, journalists, um, you know, are being forced out of some of those organizations because of budget cuts. And so anyway, uh, I, I, I just appreciate. I, I do appreciate, I appreciate, Dan, you not using the term long in the tooth either. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's, we can avoid that. We can't avoid that. Yeah. Well, no. And and so for our listeners, NebraskaExaminer.com, uh, and I'll just remind uh, our listeners that it's uh, uh, it's it's there's no paywall. It's free of ads, uh, uh, free uh, of of paid subscriptions. And uh, but you are a nonprofit, and you take. Uh, contributions and uh, so that's how you survive and that's how you guys uh, make this work and and so anyway I appreciate your work and I appreciate what Nebraska Examiner is doing and I just thought as we approach the new legislative session I know you guys are dedicated to covering the the state capitol uh, and also a political year and we'll have uh, uh, Aaron Sandford on from time to time as well to talk about uh, some of the stories he's covering. Yeah it's uh, uh, I'm doing a story today about uh, uh, property taxes, the uh, big surprise that property taxes are a big issue. But, <laughs> you know, the legislature uh, took a lot of steps uh, this spring on cutting income taxes and increasing property tax credits. And uh, But agencies are calling for more, and the governor's, you know, impaneled a group on uh, property tax valuations that are skyrocketing. Uh, so I think it's going to be another big issue. So that, that story will post here. Oh, later this evening or in the morning, but uh, Very good. yeah, it's a, as everyone knows, 
property taxes are just an annual issue here it's in Nebraska. Every year, we got to talk about it. Well, Paul, mm-hmm. uh, if you can hang on through this quick little break, we come back. I wanted to talk about the story that you wrote uh, about Governor Pillen's recent order uh, that all state employees need to come back to the office, doggone it. So let's talk about that when we come back uh, after yeah. this quick break. Uh, come on back. You're listening to The Dan Parsons Show on 1499.3 KLIN. And welcome back to Hump Day. Hope it's treating you okay on this Wednesday afternoon. Uh, it is uh, 522 on November 29th. Man, we're about done with November, uh, getting into the holiday season. Uh, yeah, it's a beautiful time of the year. We're glad that you tuned us in. Uh, and let me just tell you what's coming up after the news break at the bottom of the hour. We're going to continue with our friends at Nebraska Examiner. Uh, reporter Zach Windling uh, will join us uh, to talk about uh, the Nebraska Department of Health and Human Services marathon hearing uh, yesterday on regulations uh, that are needed to implement the uh, highly controversial bill that was passed during last year's legislative session uh, addressing puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones, uh, and banning uh, transition surgeries uh, for minors. And so Zach's going to join us uh, after the break at the bottom of the hour, so stay tuned for that. But uh, in the meantime, uh, Mr. Paul Hamill, a senior reporter for the Nebraska Examiner, joins us uh, by the phone lines. And uh, Paul, I was fascinated with... um, your story uh, from a couple days ago about the governor uh, uh, having uh, workers uh, p- uh, coming back, uh, all of the state workers coming back in office, and the state employees union uh, is saying, wait a minute, uh, they're wanting uh, some negotiations, demanding negotiations uh, over the governor's uh, end to working from home. And so let's let's talk about that a little bit. That was well, that's a fascinating you know, really, story. Yeah, it really took a lot of state workers by uh, surprise. I mean, some were uh, hired on the condition that they would have a hybrid work schedule where they would work, you know, certain days from home and certain days in the office. Uh, and that uh, that even preceded COVID. Hmm. Uh, I mean, the governor in his uh, order said that you know we're past COVID and. You know, pretty much uh, we're past the time when we need to work from home. You know, people expect state workers to be in an office, and that's what I would like to see. I think I think the big issue uh, is, you know, he he laid out some exceptions, um, including, you know, if there's no office space, we're not going to force you to go back to an office where there's no office space and some other things. The big question is whether he will um, make some exceptions um, to those rules. Because, uh, I mean, we're already hearing from the union. <laughs> they say that their their members are already applying for jobs outside of state government. And, and this is not a time when uh, the state, I think, can afford to lose workers. They're, they're short-staffed in many agencies now. This would only make it worse. Well, and that's just it. I think, uh, yeah, I think most of us understand in every industry across the state, across the country, uh, we're short of workers. And uh, so that's one issue. And then the other issue is, yeah, even even before COVID, I think a lot of of businesses uh, have adapted this uh, more flexible work schedule. 
and uh, and and again, it 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 the challenge for for parents uh, that have children. I mean, look at the uh, the crisis with the daycare uh, and uh, you know providing childcare uh, for for well, parents. It's, it's- it's become the new normal. I mean, I think people have got used to it and they decided, well, this isn't such a bad thing. I can get my work done at home. I don't have to, you know, dress in, uh, you know, suit and tie, Mm -hmm. fancy uh, outfit for the work environment. And uh, so, I mean, it just came as a surprise. Uh, uh, But, I mean, the governor kind of doubled down on it uh, earlier this week when he said, you know, he was proud to have delivered on the expectation of, of Nebraskans that, that people need to work in the, in an office. So, uh, I mean, we'll see, this is going to be an ongoing story and, um, man, I've been writing stories <laughs> for months and months about shortage of staff. Yeah. Uh, last year it was snowplow operators. Yep. Uh, uh, you know, HHS is, is very short of people and, and they can't te- de- hire enough people to deal with child welfare, welfare cases. Uh, it's, it's a real issue. And, uh, you wonder if he, uh, maybe relaxes a little bit, uh, with the exceptions. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. It's fascinating. Well, yeah. In some of those positions, like I said, the, uh, HHS, I mean, those are, crucial positions in there yeah i've been reading your your stories on some of that and and uh i mean this is you know very important the life and death uh in some cases to make sure that uh we're taking care of the most vulnerable uh people in our uh estate and uh that's the government's job and and uh yeah to now put the employers uh, to put the state at a disadvantage uh, with uh, with the workforce, uh, that's yeah. It seems seems a little short sighted. Well, we'll see. I thought the Journal Star had a good editorial today. Yeah, just uh, suggested that maybe some data on uh, worker productivity from home might be uh, worthwhile. I mean, is it is it really true that workers are more productive in an office? Uh, yeah, uh, I thought they did a good job with that. Mm-hmm. I mean, last year I was I was writing stories about them shifting snowplow operators all across the state. You know, they had a bad snow storm in the west, and they sent snowplow operators from the east out there. They had a horrible snowstorm up in the Valentine area where people had to be rescued from stranded vehicles, and huh. and they were the the plow guy I talked to said, you know, we got a couple guys sick, and this is around the holidays. We got some people gone, and you know, there were like two plow drivers, and they finally the state got some people up there. But you know, that's uh, kind of an essential service that yeah. the state has to provide. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, real quick, Paul, before we have to uh, take a break, uh, the other story that I was interested in uh, with the governor, uh, he, he stopped short of saying no state funds should be used for the Memorial Stadium renovation. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. I mean, he's a former. Football, football player, player yeah former regent on the board of regents and uh there's some su- suggestion that the state ought to be putting some money into that renovation of the stadium and and he he flatly said that's not my top priority my top priority is tax relief um i guess we're gonna see you know i i know there's been some pushback from some some pretty important donors yeah. in the lincoln area that 
think this is kind of overreach. I mean, let's let's put some chair backs on the seats and uh, maybe improve the restrooms and that. But do we need you know almost a half, half a billion, billion dollars? Yeah, improvements. Yeah. Uh, there's some question about that. Yeah. yeah, I got I got a story coming later in the week about another real pricey state uh, project that uh, got a kind of an interesting twist coming. So okay, well, we'll look for that. for that. We'll look for that. Well, Paul Hamill, thank you for taking time to join us, and uh, we'll cut you loose, and we'll we'll finish out the show with Zach. But uh, thanks, Paul, very yeah. much. Appreciate it. You having us on. Absolutely. Yeah. Folks, uh, let's take this news break. We'll come back after this on 1499.3 KLIN. Educating, informing, entertaining. The Dan Parsons Show on 1499.3 KLIN. And welcome back to the Wednesday edition of the show. We're delighted that you chose to stick around. Because uh, darkness, how did Chris say that? Darkness is upon us. <laughs> and it is. My goodness, I don't know if we're getting used to it. But, uh, yeah, this lack of time. Steve, are you used to Steve Hardesty, guest producing for us tonight. Are you used to this uh, no. no light? No. Just make, just make it daylight saving time all year. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's my take. Yeah. Yeah. Driving, driving home in the dark, driving to work in the dark. But hey, if, if you're a state worker now, uh, you, you, you'll be driving, uh, because you can't work from home. So you will be, uh, driving back and forth. So some of us get to, you know, work from home from time to time. So anyway, uh, just to remind you to follow us on X and Facebook, the accounts for the Dan Parsons show. We, uh, we appreciate, uh, being able to, chat with you uh after hours if you will uh and so anyway follow us on x and facebook and if you miss anything uh you can always find us on your favorite podcast platform or just go to klin.com and and scroll down on dan parsons page and find the show you're looking for and uh, let me tell you what's coming up on tomorrow's show it's the lincoln business roundtable every thursday we have the business leaders uh, here in the city uh, to come in and chat with us and talk about what's going on and tomorrow uh kevin coaster uh, the director of business development for the lincoln partnership for economic development uh, it's one of the uh, programs it's under the lincoln chamber of commerce uh, and so their job is is to uh, is to find businesses that want to come to Lincoln and expand and and uh, uh, and do business. And so, anyway, we'll talk with uh, Kevin tomorrow on the show. I look forward to that. And my thanks to Paul Hamill, senior reporter for Nebraska Examiner, uh, for kicking off the show today and talking about some of the stories that Paul's uh, been working on. And uh, and it's my delight to welcome into the studio Mr. Zach Windling. A reporter for Nebraska Examiner. Uh, Zach, welcome back to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me again, Dan. Yeah, absolutely. I'll remind our listeners, it's been a few months now, but we yeah. had you in on a story that you did uh, on a teacher in uh, the Crete School District uh, who uh, lost her job mainly due to the fact that uh, she encouraged her students to uh, write a letter to the school board questioning why the Crete Public Schools didn't recognize Martin Luther King uh, Day. So, uh, anyway, that was a fascinating story. That's how we yeah. met. And so it's a delight to have you back. 
Great, great to be back. Yeah, and, and remind our listeners uh, uh, your background and uh, what you've been doing before you uh, started working for Nebraska Examiner. Yeah, so I joined the Nebraska Examiner in January of this year as their intern and have been ever since January 23rd of this year. And before that, you know, I was still in University of Nebraska-Lincoln as an undergraduate student, graduated in May with dual degrees in political science and journalism. And during my four years over at UNL, now doing some grad classes, you know, focus a lot on administration and politics and just policy, work very closely with our Board of Regents, as we were talking about just a little bit ago, with, as that intersects with Memorial Stadium and just, you know, university administration. So I've had experiences with The Hill in Washington, D.C. Yeah. and other Washington, D.C. internships as well. So I love politics. I love policy. And I just I love breaking down information for people and storytelling. Well, you, you're near and dear to my heart. I think <laughs> we talked about this when I had you on before. I started in political science yeah. when I was at the university and and switched over to journalism. Yeah. Uh, that's how I ended my education career. But I didn't go on to get the advanced degree. <laughs> and uh, and I've never been a reporter. I've uh, But those skills, well, I guess I do have a microphone in front of me five <laughs> days a week. So It is true. Uh, but I love I love journalism. That's what I was trained to do. Uh, I was trained as a print journalist because I was news ed, uh, and here I am in the broadcast uh, business. <laughs> and so, but it has. Uh, I, I I appreciate uh, the work that you do. And as I told Paul, uh, I want to make this a, a regular segment of talking with you guys because uh, you do. You cover the news. Uh, uh, you know the stories that are important to Nebraska and uh, here in Lincoln, and so I think it's interesting, uh, and I hope our listeners find it interesting to to highlight some of these stories because, as we've talked before, it's a big election year coming up next year in Nebraska, and uh, and of course the legislature kicking off again here in a, in a few weeks, right. so it'll be a busy time for you. <laughs> just guys. a little, just yeah. a little. Well, and speaking of busy, uh, young man, you were uh, <laughs> doing yeoman's work yesterday uh, covering this hearing. Uh, and let me just read the headline. Uh, Nebraskans testify largely against gender care regulations, ask for looser restrictions. The subhead, more than 75 Nebraskans testified about the Nebraska Department of Health and Human Services proposed regulations of gender care for minors. And uh, so just walk us through that. I mean... Uh, and again, for our listeners who maybe aren't familiar with this, uh, last year a very controversial bill was passed in the Nebraska legislature uh, it, it, pertaining to a lot of these uh, issues that were uh, that now need regulations. They need to put mm-hmm. the regulations in place. So I'll set it up. You take it from there, Zach. Yeah, I think one of the most important things that I've kind of heard from people over the past few months covering this is this is now a state, Nebraska state law, and when we're talking about regulations, as we're talking about gender care for minors, as you mentioned earlier in the show, that is puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones, and transition surgeries, or as the bill states, genital or non-genital surgeries. And so what the Nebraska Department of Health and Human Services now has to do with the state chief medical officer, Dr. Timothy Tesmer, is set regulations for that. The legislature kind of punted the final say on puberty blockers and hormones while banning those surgeries to DHHS and Dr. Tesmer. And yesterday was kind of the result of that, of we now have final draft regulations released in October, and we're waiting to have those final regulations go into law. And really what yesterday's hearing was, was for the public to weigh in on should those regulations change? Are they okay? What should be changed or should it maintain? And yesterday we had 77 Nebraskans testify in person. 74 of them asked for looser restrictions. We had three testify for a full ban. Uh, f- fascinating. Interesting. Yeah. So, um, 
and help help me out, Zach, mm-hmm. and 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 our listeners. So, yeah. so the legislation uh, required this uh, required this, and now it's up to HHS to implement these uh, it, to implement the law, and so they have some discretion mm-hmm. of how they do that. Right. And so the regs were have been written. And so this was an opportunity to present those and have a hearing so that if they need to make any changes, they could. Yeah, and what we're talking about is the regulations as they currently stand. And we do have temporary regulations in place ever since the law took effect October 1st, which comes down to 40 hours of what is termed gender identity-focused therapy hours. Now, depending on which physician you ask, that definition kind of changes. Um, How DHHS explains that is they use the letter of the law is it has to be focused on a patient's gender identity if they are younger than 19. So that 40-hour requirement is a big one that really comes down here. When we're talking about hormones such as testosterone, that would need to be injected within a doctor's office. Um, it can no longer be injected in a patient's home if they were a minor, as well as a seven-day waiting period. Those are kind of the, you know, take away the specific number But LB-574, as it passed in the spring, it set down three things that it wanted. It wanted a minimum number of those therapy hours, wanted a waiting period between consent and prescription delivery or administration, as well as steps for informed patient consent and record documentation. What we got was, as you mentioned, the flexibility of DHHS. So there is some leeway. They can come forward and do less. They can do more and get it closer to a full ban. Um, But that's kind of where the the struggle is right now. what we're coming to is State Senator Kathleen Kouth of Omaha introduced this with the intention of what she has said is to protect children. At the same time, there are transgender youth, trans kids, sure. who are facing the brunt sure. of that. And they've testified for months. They have shown up to the legislature. And hundreds of Nebraskans for and against this bill you had mentioned was really a defining bill of the 2023 legislative it session. It was. It really was. So uh, in, in the 12-hour marathon, <laughs> and, then you said, and you said Paul came out and gave you a little break, right. so you could uh, take a little break yesterday. But uh, so... In, in listening to those, those testifiers, uh, what were some of the themes that you heard yesterday? Yeah, so what we're hearing from a lot of not only the trans kids themselves, trans children, but also the providers and the parents of this is that the regulations as they stand could be a de facto ban or they could delay care, you know, that 40 hours based if the th- child could get therapy twice a week for two hours a week, which the le- regulation state is the max. We're looking at five months minimum before they could before get they could have any. these medications. Mm-hmm. Yes, which right now, that's you know up to the provider's discretion is what the international standards call for is the provider to use their discretion and determine when they are allowed to go on those medications. Now we're looking at at least five months if they do once a week for those forty hours. That's ten months, nine months to ten months. But a lot of them are saying it's maybe closer to one year to three years to more may be pushing these children not to getting those medications until after 19 to begin with. What's the mental health? Because I know yeah. yeah, the mental health is certainly a very important component of this whole issue. Very much. Mental health is one of the defining factors of this bill and really is the reason this bill passed in the first place and got those 33 votes. State Senator Janet Hughes of Seward mm-hmm. really used that therapy requirement, pointing to Planned Parenthood, that she wanted at least some therapy mandated in this. And we got that in LB 574. As far as that number, and there were many people that testified yesterday that therapy can be helpful, the number of which they're asking DHHS to lower, 
But people like Senator Hughes have asked for at least some therapy, and that's kind of where the rubber hits the road there. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so w- w- one of the things I found fascinating, so uh, they didn't hold this hearing at the Capitol. They did not, no. Uh, and what was the reasoning for that? We don't for sure know why. One of the things I will say was at the Lancaster Event Center here in Lincoln, there were a couple hundred seats set up. I think they were anticipating a lot more people to okay. show up okay. than what did. I mean, if you go back to February, February 8th was when this hearing on LB574 was, we're talking about a couple hundred people who yeah. were in the Capitol that day alone. Yeah. But you get here about nine months later, and you had 77 total people testify, 475 total comments, which includes those 77, DHHS says, have weighed in on these regulations since October 1st, or since we had the final regulation, I should say. So it's there's a lot of people that want to weigh in on this, but the crowd, as they were expecting yesterday, appears not to have materialized day to day or hour to hour. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and so what's the outcome now uh, after the hearing? Yeah, so Dr. Timothy Tesmer was not at the hearing yesterday. Um, he, he had, had a, a surgery or something. <laughs> he was the one under the knife. So he yeah. is an ear, nose, and throat doctor. Um, he was the one under the knife. He will review all of these comments. They had a court reporter there or a court transcriber. He will review every comment, all 475 of those, and then he will determine whether there needs to be changes. If there are substantial changes, there would need to be a new hearing. But from there, Tesmer and DHHS would approve it, and then it would go on eventually until it lands on Governor Jim Pillen's desk once again, and he would have the final say. For the regulations. Yes, that's yep. correct. Makes sense. All right. Well, Zach, yeah, thanks for covering that. My <laughs> goodness, that, uh, that, that's got to be fascinating to uh, – uh, and I assume there were other reporters there as well. There were. You know, I think maybe 10 reporters, and yeah. some of them cycled through TV stations throughout the day. But the biggest thing here is just, you know, I, I told people yesterday on social media, it's this is your voice, this is your issue, this is your law. Weigh in as much as you see fit and reach out to DHHS and those lawmakers. Yeah. Folks, if you haven't read Zach's uh, story, uh, NebraskaExaminer.com. Uh, jump online and read that. No paywall. Free. You can listen. You can watch. Or watch. Listen. You can read it. <laughs> uh, but there's some photography there, too. So anyway. Well, Zach, hold on, uh, folks. We're going to take this quick break. We'll come back with Zach and talk about another uh, story that I found fascinating that Zach worked on uh, this week. So come on back after these messages. You're listening to The Dan Parsons Show on 1499.3 KLIN. And welcome back to the Thursday edition. I did it again. It's still Wednesday. It's okay. It's still Wednesday, Steve. I, I don't know why I want to make today Thursday. It, I'm, I'm so looking forward to Thursday, apparently. I think we're all just discombobulated after the show. After the, after the holidays, yes. Well, anyway, it's still Wednesday. It's still the Dan Parsons Show. We're going to finish up here. Uh, we're delighted that you chose to uh, stick around, even though I don't know what stinking day it is. So, uh, But let me tell you, as long as we're talking about Thursday, what's coming up on the show tomorrow. As you know, every Thursday, it's the Lincoln Business Roundtable. And uh, Kevin uh, Coaster, uh, with who is the director of business development for the Lincoln Partnership for Economic Development, and uh, so we'll talk with Kevin tomorrow about uh, what's going on in business development uh, here in the city, and and so don't miss that. That'll be a fun show, and. Uh, 
And my thanks in the first half of the show to Paul Hamill, senior reporter for Nebraska Examiner. And we're visiting with Zach Wendling, a reporter for Nebraska Examiner. And Zach, I appreciate you sticking around and making time uh, in your busy day. My goodness, when do you when do you get to sleep? Your twelve uh, uh, hour reporting days and differs uh, every day. Differs every day. My goodness. So, uh, well, one of the stories that uh, you've been working on uh, a couple days ago that caught my eye. Uh, talking about, uh, we talked with Paul about uh, uh, the university and how you know this uh, proposed half billion dollar renovation of the stadium is being talked about, and right. at the same time the university is slashing budgets. And one of the things that's being proposed to to uh, to be slashed uh, that you wrote about. Uh, the University of Nebraska-Lincoln proposes restructuring and slashing the budget of the Diversity and Inclusion Office. Uh, the university is proposing a $12 million cut, uh, which would eliminate $3.4 million in vacant faculty or staff positions and reduce funding of more than $1.4 million in student teaching assistance and temporary lecturers. So. Uh, there's some tough times ahead for the university. To say the least, I mean, these $12 million are on top of $58 million the University of Nebraska system needs to address over the next two years. And so, as you had mentioned, the Office of Diversity and Inclusion at UNL, which has been here for over, I think it's now in its sixth year since 2018, mm-hmm. um, you know, $800,000 is 46% of that office. And, you know, DEI, Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion, has been under the national spotlight for years has been targeted um, and questioned over its role in higher education. And it appears that those conversations have once again come to the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. Yeah, and so tell us, remind our listeners uh, why that uh, office was created. Yeah, so the office was created in 2018 and was helmed by the same vice chancellor of diversity and inclusion, Marco Barker, for now six years. It was created in 2018 to uplift the power of every person, is how they have kind of described themselves, and a term that that vice chancellor Barker kind of has popularized over at UNL's campus, inclusive excellence. So really imagining the power of every person, it uplifts people of color and people who are first generation, but it also is for all UNL students and to create a more culturally inclusive and diverse campus. You, you write in your story, Zach, mm-hmm. that in uh, 2021, uh, Barker yes. joined former UNL Chancellor Ronnie Green in creating the anti-racism and racial equity plan, right. uh, which students and faculty rallied behind in the face of political backlash uh, and uh yeah i mean th- this is 2023 <laughs> and uh you know if we again if we want to attract people to this university uh we have to be able to put out the welcome in my opinion uh, the welcome mat for people who maybe look different than us than than the people who uh the majority of the people in this state and if we want to com- be competitive uh, with other land-grant institutions around the country, um, it seems to me that uh, having a having a, 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 an organized, a purposeful uh, way to uh, to make sure that we are welcoming people that maybe look different than 
uh, the rest of us. Right. And this Office of Diversity and Inclusion, you know, you ask them in the office, they're still maintaining kind of some hope and optimism because the importance of that work, as they have said, doesn't diminish no matter what their budget is. Right. They're going to keep figuring out ways to do it. And Chancellor Rodney Bennett, who is UNL's chancellor proposing these cuts, he has called for the DEI efforts to be restructured across UNL's campus. So while the centralized efforts will be slashed, we're not yet sure kind of how that restructuring will work. That's kind of one of the big gray areas now and something that we'll still continue to be looking into and reporting on. But as far as right now, what we can say is 46% of that office is proposed to be cut and will be finalized next month. Wow. Well, and as as we talked off air, mm-hmm. uh, the regents are having a meeting uh, this Friday, this coming Friday. Yeah, and you know, I look in the examiner and tonight or tomorrow morning for s- stuff that's continuing to develop over at the University of Nebraska at Kearney from colleague Aaron Sanderford, and just a lot going on. I know UNK will be at is planning to be at the regents meeting on Friday, and UNL is I'm sure will probably be there as well. It's so much going on, but stay tuned. Very good. Zach Wendling, thank you, my man. We'll Always do this again. Yeah, thank we'll you. do this again. Uh, folks, that's the show. We hope you have a wonderful evening. Uh, come back tomorrow. It, it, it will be Thursday, finally, tomorrow. So uh, uh, we'll do that. And uh, the Nebraska, uh, is there a basketball game tonight? Do you know, Steve? Uh, women's basketball. Women's basketball is coming up next, uh, the pregame. So that's the show. Now go do good things.